0: I want to give a brief trigger warning for this episode. I will be talking about mental health, including mental health medications, different symptoms, and I will not be going super graphic or into detail, especially into more traumatic experiences, but they will be referenced briefly, and so if this is something that will make you feel unsafe, I encourage you not to listen to or watch this episode. Natalie Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. I'm a graduate student. I'm a future registered dietitian. I'm a health educator, a content creator, and a self-proclaimed mac and cheese expert. I create content here on Feed That Nation all about college life, college health, and college wellness with the goal of helping you, my fellow college students, to be more successful, more confident, and more healthy in a your student journey. I upload podcast episodes right here to YouTube and to your favorite podcast listening platforms on Wednesdays, and I upload YouTube videos or vlogs on Saturdays. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed that Nation, and go check out my blog, FeedThatNation.com. Also, don't forget to check out my affiliate partner, Coconut Whisk. Coconut Whisk is a gluten-free, vegan, allergy-friendly baking mix company based right here in the Twin Cities area. I absolutely love working with them. I won't go on and on and on forever like I usually do because you guys have heard me talk about how much I love that Coconut Whisk's products are so easy to make. They're so delicious. They're so much fun. I love the mission of the company. I love the people who work there. I'm honored to be an affiliate with them. And if you want to try out Coconut Whisk, and I'm sure you do at this point, go ahead and use my coupon code FEEDTHATNATION. You get 15% off your order, and I receive a small commission, so everybody wins in this scenario. Go check out Coconut Whisk. So you could probably tell from the title of the episode, but today I'm going to be talking about my experience starting on mental health medications as a college student. And I want to preface this episode by saying that this is my experience, and I'm talking from what I have personally experienced. I might reference things that I know others have experienced, and I've done a little bit of research to provide you with some information, but I do not want to pretend that my experience is anything like anyone else's experience. I also want to say that I am not a medical professional, and even if I was, I am not your medical professional. The information given in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as medical advice. It should not replace individualized medical care from your individual provider. I also want to say that it is definitely a privilege to have access to mental health medications in the ways that I do, to have access to therapy in the ways that I do to have an excellent support system and people around me who want me to take care of my mental health. That is certainly not something that every person has, and I want to just acknowledge that I am coming from a place of privilege here in this conversation. All of that being said, I think it's challenging to talk about mental health medication because there are still even in 2021 there are so many stigmas around this idea of mental health, and I think it is certainly getting better than it has been in previous years, but the idea of needing to take a medication sort of has implications that there's something wrong with you, that you are sick, that you can't be fixed, and all that is so incorrect, but I feel like society has still placed a lot of this negative energy and negative attention on both mental health and the different ways that people seek treatment or intervention for their mental health issues. I know me personally, my mental health medication journey could have started as early as when I was 11 or 12 when I was first diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, and my sibling and I were actually both diagnosed at the same time, and they were offered the opportunity to be on medication And I was also offered the opportunity to be on medication, and my sibling said yes, and I said no. I did not want to be on medication. I was fine. I definitely probably had some superiority complex things going on with feeling inferior than my sibling. And there's also the fact that as a young kid, and even still to this day, sometimes I have a really difficult time swallowing pills or swallowing medications, and so there was definitely some fear in the decision not to start medication because I was afraid that I would choke on it or not be able to swallow it. And so my mental health medication journey could have started as early as age 12, but it actually didn't start until around when I was 22, maybe even 23. You guys have heard me talk about my mental health on a lot of different episodes, and I'll link a few of them below so I don't have to, I guess, repeat the whole story, but basically my mental health has had its ups and downs throughout most of my life, but it really came to kind of a crash and burn point my sophomore year of college, which is when I got into therapy. And therapy was such a big, big game changer for me in terms of my mental health, and I was doing really well. I saw one therapist in the first two years that I started seeing a therapist, and then I switched to my current therapist in my senior year of undergrad, and I've been seeing that therapist through graduate school. I started to notice at the beginning of my graduate school journey that I had been doing so much work on myself. I'd had a lot of personal growth. I'd had a lot of aha moments and a lot of moments where something I thought was like a superficial issue actually turned out to be rooted in something a lot deeper. And I felt really proud of myself for all the work that I'd been putting in to improving my mental health, working on myself. But I was still really, really, really Down and really anxious, and really struggling with schoolwork. And I had been implementing, you know, different coping techniques and different things like that that I'd been learning in therapy to help with this, but it really didn't feel like it was getting better. And this was really frustrating to me because I think I put a lot of blame onto myself. I told myself, Well, I'm just not working hard enough. You know, if only I was insert words here, you know, I wouldn't feel so bad. And I, you know, I started to blame myself as well for the things that were making me feel sad, you know, a disappointment, a test that I didn't do very well on, a missed job opportunity, that kind of thing. And all of that just really started to not feel great. I mean, it never felt great, but it started to just feel like I wasn't going to get better. And that was really challenging. And I finally got to the point, this was now we're into fall of my first year of graduate school. So this is fall 2019. And my therapist had been really wonderful. And she had been definitely planting seeds and planting seeds and planting seeds and suggesting to me very gently and in different ways, passively and actively, that maybe trying an antidepressant or another medication would be something that would benefit me. And for a while, I was still kind of stuck in the mindset that I can do this by myself, I should be able to do this by myself, and I was shutting myself. But finally, I realized that I was miserable. I was really unhappy. I was putting in the work, but I was still miserable and unhappy and having so many down days and feeling so icky and anxious and upset and moody, and I just didn't feel good. And as my my therapist pointed this out to me, but she's like, Natalie, you don't have to suffer. You don't need to suffer. You don't need to be this miserable. There are things out there like medications that can help you. It's not that you are not working hard enough. It's just that your brain isn't producing the right amounts of chemicals at the right times, and that's not your fault. And I think that was a really, really big mindset shift for me is that, truly, I was putting in a lot of work on myself in therapy, but if my brain isn't producing the right chemicals in the right amounts, I'm not going to feel good. And so that was really the turning point for me, and that was when I decided that I wanted to try medication. And so really my first step in that was to find a provider who could help me figure out what medications would be best. And so I started to look for providers in my area who specialize in mental health. I wanted like a primary care provider as well, but I wanted someone specifically who could help me find the right balance of medications. But I didn't want to see a psychiatrist because there are so few psychiatrists and so many people in need of their services, and so many general practitioners are able to do the very basics of mental health medication prescribing and managing, and so I wanted to take advantage of that. And so I found my primary care provider, and in speaking with him, talking about you know what I was feeling, some of my issues, what I wanted to get out of taking medication, we first started me on a specific type of medication called Welbutrin, or I think the generic is bupropion. And this was just an option that we decided to try first because it's not only used in some ways for depression and anxiety, but it's also used for some people to manage ADHD. And we thought, well, we could maybe try and see if this one medication could knock out two birds with one stone. And so that's what we decided to try first. Now, I'm not saying, first of all, before I get any further, I'm not saying that Bupropion or Wellbutrin is not a good medication. There are so many people for whom Wellbutrin works super well. They are very well managed on it, and that is not, I'm not trying to imply anything different here, but for me, Wellbutrin was not the right medication. And, you know, the way that you start taking a lot of mental health medications is you titrate up, is what they call it. You start taking a low dose, maybe half or even a quarter of a dose at a time for a couple of days, and then you gradually up the dose until you're at what is supposed to be the full active dose. And in this way, it kind of gets your body used to it, but then also it can help to mitigate or manage or minimize some of the side effects that some of these medications can have. And so I started to try titrate up on the Welbutrin and I started to notice that I felt really different, but not in a good way. And I started to notice that I was really, really jittery and I was very on edge and my heart would race at weird times or like my hands would shake. And some of that can be normal when you're adjusting to a new medication, but I also started to notice that I was having more intrusive thoughts than usual and a lot of very vivid imagery of some very unpleasant things and I won't go into detail further than that because you guys don't need to know those details and they could be triggering for some people but I realized probably within a week of starting that medication that this was not the right medication for me and so I called my provider and he told me to stop taking it and we were going to try something else and so the next medications that we tried were... I actually don't remember what order we tried these in, but we decided that if we weren't able to knock out the two birds with one stone handling the depression and anxiety and the ADHD with the Wellbutrin, then we might need to try two different medications, one to tackle the depression and anxiety and the other to tackle some of the ADHD things I was feeling. And so we started to try out the medications that I'm actually currently on, the medications that are working for me right now, and I'm currently on Zoloft, And I think the generic of that is sertraline. And I'm also on methylphenidate, which I believe it's the generic for Concerta. I am honestly kind of amazed at how different I feel compared to a year ago or even two years ago. Because it just, everything feels easier. I think is the best way I can say it. And I guess what I mean by that is... Schoolwork, for example, is easier. It's obviously easier to get work done when I'm able to focus on it, when I'm able to just relax and not be all over the place and constantly being distracted while I'm trying to listen to a lecture or take notes or write a paper. It's so much easier to get schoolwork done when the things I was previously struggling with because of my ADHD have been lessened. I think it's also easier to manage my emotions on the day-to-day because of a sertraline because I don't feel quite so up and down all the time. Before it used to be that I would feel pretty okay, maybe kind of low, and then something bad would happen and I would instantly sink to rock bottom. And it would take so long to crawl back out of that into feeling okay. But now it feels like, you know, I feel good most days. I feel pretty good, pretty okay most days, pretty neutral, pretty positive. And if something bad happens, something happens that kind of knocks me down, it is so much easier to get back up and find that place of neutrality and positivity while also dealing with the emotions that came up when I was knocked down. I think something interesting that I've also learned about myself is that a lot of my anxiety was coming from school-related things, And a lot of the school-related things that I was anxious about were being exacerbated by the fact that I have ADHD and a lot of things relating to school are not easy for me. And so managing my ADHD actually helped to reduce a lot of my anxiety and made me realize that I'm definitely a more depression-forward person, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if there's a better way to say it. And it's just so interesting to feel so much less anxious and to feel good most days, and to feel like I can focus and get stuff done most days. Which isn't to say that every day is great, and it's not to say that I'm totally normal and I'm fixed because those things are not true, but it's so much easier to live my life comfortably, safely, and happily now that I'm on medication. And I really like that. Now, a lot of people want to know when they start medications, especially mental health medications, about side effects. And I'll talk about my side effects, but I also want to give the caveat again that I am not a medical professional, and if you are wanting to start, change, stop any of your medications, be they mental health medications or otherwise, you must speak to your healthcare provider. I want you to be in contact with your healthcare provider so that they can supervise you and make sure that you are doing it safely and correctly. I mentioned before when I was on the Wellbutrin that I had some really uncomfortable, disconcerting side effects, and... For that reason, that was why I decided that Welbutrin wasn't a good choice for me. With the sertraline and the methylphenidate, there are some other side effects, but I'm a lot more comfortable in managing them, and they're not as, I guess, disturbing. They're just kind of inconvenient, I suppose. And one of those is that I think this is the sertraline, but I get really, really wild dreams at night now. Like, very vivid, very weird dreams. And that's something that's apparently very normal when you're on an SSRI or um, an antidepressant like I am. And so it's not something super concerning. It's just very weird to get used to because I used to be somebody who would only dream. But since I've been on the Sertuline, I've had just really interesting dreams. (laughs) I've also noticed... And this is really interesting to me because I had just mentioned that a lot of my anxiety was reduced as a result of these medications, but I have noticed that in some ways I am more anxious. And it's coming out in, like, very physical symptoms, which is really interesting because it's not something I don't think I've ever experienced before. And it's not harmful or bad, it's just interesting and definitely something I've been very aware of. And really that's coming out for me in terms of... I noticed that my jaw is a lot tighter. So I'll be just sitting doing whatever and I'll realize I'm clenching my jaw. And so I have to make the conscious effort to relax it. I've also noticed that I'm a little bit more fidgety, which is, I have ADHD, so I am kind of naturally fidgety, but I'm more fidgety in the ways that I'm more likely to pick at my nails or if I have like something on my skin, I'm more likely to playing with it or playing with my hair or whatever. I'm personally not bothered by these symptoms. They're just interesting and something I have to be aware of because they tend to flare up when I'm a little bit more stressed or nervous. So sometimes if I realize that I'm really fidgety or I'm really picking at my nails or playing with my hair, I have to think, well, what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling this way? I think something that I have really had to struggle with is the fact that methylphenidate, the... ADHD medication I'm on, one of its primary side effects is it tends to cause appetite changes, especially a loss in appetite. And that, for me, as somebody who's worked through a lot of different disordered eating in different ways throughout my life, has been a challenge because it can be easy sometimes to fall into the, oh, well, I'm not really hungry, so maybe I don't need to eat, and I really have to fight that, and I really have to remind myself that my body needs food. I need to feed my body, even if I don't feel hungry in this moment. I want to, in this episode, I've said multiple times, I am not a medical professional. I am not a healthcare provider. I am just a person with my own experiences. But given that I am a health educator, I do want to talk a little bit about the basics of mental health medications And I'll leave resources down below. And of course, please speak to your own providers if you have further questions. But I just kind of want to provide some basic information because information is power and knowledge is power. Now, there are several main categories of... Mental health medications, and the most common ones are probably antidepressants, anti anxiety medications, there are stimulants, mood stabilizing drugs, and antipsychotic medications. And all of these medications are used in different ways for different reasons. They have different effects in different people, and all of that is big and scary and complicated. And that's why we have excellent healthcare providers who are able to do the learning and do the research and help us wade through all of that. I think something important to know about any medication, but particularly mental health medications, is that some of them can be addictive, particularly the uh, more controlled substances that can be used for ADHD, like Concerta, because these are amphetamines, you know, they're addictive, and that's just kind of a fact of life. But even medications that aren't as well known to be addictive can still present withdrawal symptoms if you stop taking them without warning or without titrating down. And that's why you are never supposed to stop taking a medication without the knowledge and supervision of a healthcare provider, because your healthcare provider is going to want to make sure that you're not experiencing any negative withdrawal symptoms. There are several different ways to make sure that you can come off medications safely, one of which is titrating down, kind of like I talked about titrating up to a full dose of a medication, titrating off of a medication is one way to do that. Again, you would not do this without the supervision of a healthcare provider. A lot of these medications can have a wide variety of side effects. I think some of the most common are drowsiness, dizziness, constipation or diarrhea, nausea or vomiting. And a lot of times these side effects are pretty short-lived. You know, they will be there at the beginning when you first start taking the medication. And then as your body gets used to it, they'll sort of fade away. But definitely something to be aware of. Like I said before, not every medication works for every person and some medications can react with individuals the wrong way. And a good example of this is actually a friend of mine who a couple of years ago started taking a an SSRI, an antidepressant, which is also used a lot of times for anxiety. She'd been having a lot of issues with anxiety and being very panicky, and so she and her provider decided that trying an antidepressant, an SSRI, would be a good choice. And this particular medication, she noticed when she was on it that her anxiety was greatly improved, but she was having issues with depression, which she'd never really dealt with before. And so the medication had the dual effect of improving her anxiety while worsening depression. And so she and her provider made the choice to switch to a different medication because that medication was not having the intended effect. And because individuals are so unique, a medication that works really well for your friend or even a family member, someone whom you share a lot of genetics with, that medication might not necessarily work for you. There are also a lot of times where a mental health medication can interact with an over-the-counter or another prescription medication or a supplement or even alcohol or other recreational drugs, and that's why it's so important when you are speaking to your healthcare provider to be very honest with them about what substances you are using, any over-the-counter medications, any sub- supplements or herbal things that you are using, recreational drugs, alcohol, your doctor, likely isn't going to care that you're smoking marijuana, but they are going to care if you want to start a medication that interacts negatively with marijuana. You can also, if you have questions, ask a pharmacist about potential interactions or if there's anything you shouldn't do or shouldn't take while you're on a medication. Pharmacists are incredibly knowledgeable about that kind of stuff. I think they are one of the most underutilized healthcare resources that we have access to. I think I saw a statistic once that said like every person in the U.S. on average lives less than five miles from a pharmacist. I'm going at a public health tangent here, but if you have questions about your medication, you can absolutely ask a pharmacist. Some non-mental health medications can end up impacting your mental health and that's something I really didn't know until a couple of years ago. But I think hormonal birth control is a really great example of this because I know me personally, I am very sensitive to hormonal birth controls that have estrogen in them because estrogen tends to make me feel very depressed. And so it took a while of figuring out with my primary care provider which birth control was going to be a good choice for me because several of the combination pills that I'd tried for Acne, of course, were making me feel very down and uncomfortable and sad. And so that's definitely something to keep in mind is that if you start a new medication, even if it's not a mental health medication and you're noticing mental health symptoms, just something to be aware of and to speak with your provider about. Most mental health medications, at least the most commonly prescribed ones that I'm aware of, take between four to six weeks for you to really feel the full effect. And I think that can be really challenging for some people who... Really want to feel something right away, but these medications take time to really get in your system. Your body takes time to get used to them. And so it's really worth waiting it out and just seeing six weeks go by. How do I feel? I think probably one of the most important points that I want to make in this episode is that mental health medications ideally are not meant to be used by themselves as the sole treatment for someone's mental health issues. Ideally, mental health medications are just one of many tools that can be used in conjunction with each other. So mental health medication and talk therapy, mental health medication and other forms of support, mental health medication and yoga, mental health medication and, you know, a lot of times people start these medications and then don't do anything else. And of course, if that's where you are in your life right now, I do not want to minimize that. But really, it's so, so good to not only have the medication, but to have the other psychological interventions to help you truly manage your mental health. Like I said before, I probably have said this two or three times already, actually, but I just want to reiterate that if you're on a medication, especially a mental health medication, and you feel like you'd like to stop taking it, you need to speak to your healthcare provider. And this is something I've actually seen in a lot of people, a lot of people that I've worked with professionally, a lot of college classmates, friends, things like that, where they'll start taking a mental health medication, they'll be on it for a few months, and they realize, wow, hey, I feel good, I don't think I need this medication anymore, and so they'll just stop taking it. And then they'll start to feel bad again. Or they'll have withdrawal symptoms from going off of it, or they'll be really uncomfortable, or other things. And so, please, 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 if you're taking a mental health medication, do not stop taking it without speaking to your provider first. And of course, if you or someone you know are experiencing significant mental health issues, suicide ideation, self-harm ideation, anything that puts you or others in danger, please seek emergency medical care. Go to the hospital, call 911, do what you need to do. Tell a trusted adult your physical and emotional safety is of the utmost importance. I want you to keep yourself safe. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that me sharing my journey and my experiences with mental health medication have taught you something, have helped you to feel more comfortable with your journey with mental health or medication. I hope that we can start a conversation about this because the more we can talk about mental health and medication, the more destigmatized it will become and the better all of us will be. Before I let you go, I do want to give you my food, my follow, and my fun for the week. My food this week is uh, we had burgers over the weekend and we bought pretzel buns to have with our burgers as opposed to just normal hamburger buns and they are so good. <laughs> and we had a few left over, and so I made myself just a really simple sandwich for lunch with one of them. I toasted it, I put a little bit of honey mustard on it, some sharp cheddar cheese, some green stuff for veggies, and it was just so good. Would totally recommend you try pretzel buns this week. My follow this week is someone that I've been following for several months now. She's super encouraging, educational. I really enjoy following her and learning from her content. As somebody with ADHD, she is at ADHD Nutritionist. I will link her below. And I just really love her content. I feel very seen, <laughs> which is always something nice to see t- Nice to see and feel. My fun this week is that I have a new niece. My brother-in-law and his wife just had a baby last week, and so I have just been really enjoying seeing pictures of my beautiful little niece and getting to hold her, getting to spend time with her, and that's just been so lovely and... I'm just smiling thinking about it. I get to see her later today, and I'm just very excited. (laughs) I don't know how that turns into a recommendation for you all, but definitely it's been a joy for me. If you like this episode, go ahead and subscribe to me on YouTube. Subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation. Go check out my blog, FeedThatNation.com. Leave me a five-star rating and review. If you're listening on a podcast platform, leave me a thumbs up on this video. If you're watching on YouTube, just give me all the interaction. Interact. Do the likes. Do the follows. I would love to see you, hear from you, know you. Welcome to the nation. I am so glad that you are here. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon.